What's good, everybody? This is episode 37 of the Rabona Boys podcast. Coming at you live from Dev Studios. We got Pyramid Vibes over here. Uh, it's real golden. Real golden. Golden vibes right now. The Premier League goes on. Um, Vince Scully, you've been you've been feeling pretty uh, pretty invested in the Premier League because I know like last season you were talking about it took takes you a little while to like ramp up and get used to. It's been a hot start. Soccer back, yeah. It's, it's been a great start to the to the league this season. Great um, start. Arsenal are sitting top of the table. <laughs> you know, most points guy. tied for the most goals scored. Gabriel Jesus continues to man destroy just everything so he can <laughs> in his path. Yeah, dude, life's great. Thanks for asking. Um, How's it feel to be top of the league? What's the view? You know, like? you know it's it's lonely at the top. So, oh, you know, yeah. we, no, we might have a good run though. Like, I think we have two more pretty winnable games. So. Last last episode, you said that you thought you could finish third, and I was a bit taken aback by him. Um, by that people are but seeing what I'm talking I've about. actually seen somebody else say that based on current form Arsenal might be able to fight their way to third might I still have I still don't they said think might. you guys will like reach out by the end of the season just because I think you Damn. guys don't have the depth now but from what I'm seeing you guys are a very exciting team I think we do have the depth that's what I'm I think you're I'm starting top. to believe in it because we have we still have Emil Smith Rowe on the bench. This Fabio Vieira kid is kind of unknown. We don't know, right? But yeah. he could be something. Eddie I feel like Ketia's, once party is out, you guys is holding. Yeah, system. that's that's like the Achilles heel. Kind of, yeah, pretty and, much. That's the story. And some I, I need Elmeni to play like less than ten games this season if we want to. Really? Have but I thought you guys you guys said he was so reliable though. For like less than ten games. But if that's your main guy, like he's a plug, you know. If you have a drain, or if you have a leak you also somewhere, said Granite Shaka wasn't dead weight anymore. He's pulling his weight. Yeah, he continues to impress. He's looking real good. Where's he? Where's he being used at? In your opinion, is he still like a deep? He's like an attacking player? eight. He's an attacking. He's an eight. attacking eight. It's just is, party back there by himself. It's kind of slow, but it seems like it's working for him. Kind of so. I had this epiphany, I guess. You got me thinking about, like, the spacing and tactically, like, how the players are moving. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned it, too, before we were recording. I like Kieran Tierney, the player, mm-hmm. especially speaking about that left side of the Granite Xhaka. I like Kieran Tierney, the player, more than Zinchenko in, like, a vacuum, I guess. I could put it that way. Okay. But I'm starting to believe Zinchenko is the first choice left back, and he should be the first choice left back. And I was just watching Arsenal Day absolutely no. destroy Bournemouth. Explain that. Explain that because I feel like a, like a lot of people don't understand that. Like a lot of people don't understand what that means. Just because you're the best player in a position doesn't necessarily mean you should start there. For like the system that the team plays, right? Exactly. Right. So and I think a lot of people have that issue when it comes to like national team spots. Um, oh wow, mm-hmm. even just thinking about England and the right backs. Um, but like people have that issue when like teams are picked especially in like a national team and like the whoever is considered the best player in a certain spot isn't chosen because you know the other player fits the system way more and you don't really have time in a national team to build a system right see who who actually plays their role the best it's more about just put the most amount of talent out there exactly and some minimal amount of structure (laughs) right and it's like hey okay this is the general shit all right Mm -hmm. this is what we're gonna do in general yeah but 
and especially Arteta because he's kind of a tactician now, right? Because School of Pep, they they have the y'all are definitely city like we're not so even city we're light. so city, dude. We are we are a copy paste of city. <laughs> and here's what it was: so I was watching this game, right? And I'm watching Zinchenko, and towards the end of whenever the last time Kieran Tierney played was. He was underlapping a lot more, doing a lot more passing in central areas. Mm-hmm. So that was when it kind of became, okay, Arteta's making Tyranny play to the system. He's not making him play to Tyranny's strengths, yeah. which is overlapping, attacking defenders, crossing the ball, even even underlapping but higher up the field to like connect with a striker, yeah. that kind of stuff. And Kieran Tyranny was good at it. The biggest thing that Kieran Tyranny does to that would – make him keep his position over Zinchenko is he's really good defensively. Mm-hmm. I think he got dribbled past like zero times or it was one time okay. last season. And granted, he missed a lot of time towards the end of the season. So, so then that means that good. there are definitely going to be games where where Tyranny's starting. I'd like Zinchenko. to see Tyranny playing. Uh, I was going to say Man City, but you got you to put Zinchenko in that game. <sighs> I don't know. Like, uh, I guess you guys. Yeah, that, yeah especially you guys. Because mm-hmm. Zinchenko is like, he's a good defender. I think he's, he does his job. He's not like talented like yeah. Tierney is defensively. Because Tierney, yeah. I think that ability to get up and down the pitch, I mean, that contributes because mm-hmm. he. I've, I've seen his shielding abilities. I've seen his ability to get to the ball um, in time for everything. And then, like, yeah, that's a good that 1v1 defender. Yeah. It's just, yeah and those isolation help. situations, mm-hmm. so many teams try to use. Um, I can see I can see a system where Zinchenko was the out, maybe Zinchenko and Tierney play. And Tierney is used more as like a you know a traditional wing back, and yeah, and Zinchenko might be underlapping, or Tierney might be an underlapping center back in a back three, and then Zinchenko is out wide and helps maintain maintain possession. You know, whatever. I mean, you know, not to give you guys. Yeah, I don't know. A whole if bunch. I don't think Arteta has plans to switch a back three. I think Scotland does. That. I think he's yeah, Scotland. Yeah, <laughs> so, but so basically, what does Zinchenko do that? Tierney doesn't. Well, I think Tierney's still a decent passer, but Zinchenko is literally a central midfielder. Literally. And so I'm watching this game, and I'm like, wow, our shape is literally a 2-3-5. Yeah, I was, the, I was seeing that. I was seeing that in it, the highlights. Because well, the first thing I thought was, wow, we were so balanced. I was yeah. like, I just feel for the first time in like three years, we're not a lopsided team, whether it's down the left, whether it's down the right. We've done it all. We've always had some kind of accommodate Tierney's overlapping but Tommy Ossie's a like a defensive yeah. fullback or something. but it's like every the system is like a mirror now on each side of the field because Martinelli stepped up too now to Saka's level it's kind of cool to watch you guys put it together now because now you guys are like exciting and mm-hmm. soon pretty soon exciting turns into dangerous mm-hmm. so I have to like I'm, I'm gonna give you credit because I definitely was ready to slag on Arteta for another season. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and I definitely did not like his man management style. But, I mean, he saw, he had wisdom enough to bring back Saliba. Um, oh, speaking of which, though, with the Arteta thing, the last two episodes of uh, All or Nothing came out this week that we're recording this. And all I'm going to say is that, like... Arteta just looks better and better. Like early on, he if you've been on Twitter, you've seen the the memes of the drawings and stuff. Like, and not to spoil anything, because that's you know, you still gotta watch it to understand. But it came off a little corny. You know, he had a lot of corny moments early on. But by the end of it, 
my respect for Arteta is like through the roof. Okay. And especially, and it was hard to watch the last episode, but the Tottenham game, the Newcastle game, everything he said is exactly what like every fan wishes they could say. Hmm. Okay. Like he, he hit all the, he, it's like a fan was in that dressing room. Like he's a fan Just of the club. Unloading on them. Dude. Oh, Bruno Tavares. I thought you were saying violent. he was being inspirational. No, no, shit. no. He's going off. <laughs> it's like how every Arsenal fan felt. And so it's so so okay. So has a lot of what he sees. So he does see what you guys see, basically. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's got the passion, you know, with it. Yeah, okay. and he lets the players know he keeps it real. So. So, once again, like I said, this is a well-timed ploy by the Cronkies um, in order to solidify uh, their fan base, uh, yeah. the passion in their fan Basically, base. Basically, it's working, it's working really well. It's working really well. Um, uh, real quick, real quick. Um, I know you want to talk about Saliba, but I have to say, this uh-huh. will probably be the third week in a row. Gabriel Jesus is impressing me. Uh, the World ball class. control, the, the the body check, the, the fucking His the, best the first touch. Ever. Uh, would it, <laughs> no way, that wasn't even an assist. But the you know the turn where he turns the center back, dribble past three guys, overlapping Martinelli's running next to him, and he just lays it off perfectly into the yeah. space. That he there's no reward for that on a score sheet. But damn, it's just a highlight that'll die. But but that's but that's one that's, of those things. That's some stuff that the best attacking players in the league only do. Like he's not only not only that, but I think special. I think that it's that type of play. That solidifies someone as like somebody's favorite or like a universal favorite, like just quality oozing, you know? Mm-hmm. The fact that something that beautiful didn't end up in anything, but we're still talking about it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah, Gabriel Jesus is really surprising me. Um, I completely forgot there was, he was a complete player. Um, like I think, I think, I think we've come to the realization that Manchester City's system is definitely very restricting on the forwards. Um, but I, once again, I just have to say that real quick. Gabri, Gabriel Jesus, um, is impressing me. He just seems like a complete player again. Um, he's loving his football, which is he's, great he's so to see. Weird to me, because it's like, I feel like he's a post up guy. Well, well, like, I the, the fact, feel like he's a post up guy. I love that body check, like, like that, that body check. And then he, and then that first touch just to, just to cushion the long ball. And then he turns around, dribbles, basically dribbles around a corner. And remember that thing, like with the hand up, excuse me. Yeah. Like <laughs> during the dribble, yeah. that stuff, it, like it just shows he has everything and that he has the power, the pace. It's so weird to say. Um, but he's, he's also really good, like a, like getting down low. Like he knows his center of gravity is low. He's almost it's he's almost shaped like Aiden Hazard or Raheem Sterling. Um I think he's he's probably a little bigger up top, but he knows how to angle himself. He's a strong guy. Yeah. Yeah, surprisingly um, strong. He knows angles really well. He knows like how to leverage himself. And- got to give him credit, man. Oh uh, yeah, but yeah, do you want to talk about Saliba or anything man, like that? Man, William Saliba. Baby Virgil. Baby Virgil. League better watch out, man. That's all I'm gonna say. Cause this man, William Saliba, you know, after having a, having to have a bounce back game because he conceded an own goal, the fans showed him love, but I'm sure he's thinking about it. It's in the back of his head. Mm-hmm. We go to Bournemouth today and there was a lot of Arsenal fans complaining because apparently Arsenal only got like a thousand away tickets mm-hmm. sold to them. We scored two goals in the first 11 minutes. You wouldn't have known that a Bournemouth fan was in the building. Hmm. 
And the whole time, almost start to finish. At some point in the first half, though, they started singing this, the tune to Tequila. And instead of saying Tequila, they would say Saliva. <laughs> the whole stadium. And you just heard it for like 70 plus minutes the whole game. Meanwhile, William Saliba's having an incredible game. If you could say that, I guess. We had 74% of the ball. So, yeah. I guess he didn't really have to do too much, but. That is the part. That is the city part right there. The dominance and the Mm -hmm. rotation and the movement of the ball and players. And just. Anyways, keep going. Keep talking. I just have to interject right there because that is the part that reminds me most of City now. Yeah. And uh, even though he didn't have much to do, he decided to take it upon himself and hit a first-time left-footed, weak-foot shot from the top of the 18 on a cutback. And it soars in the top corner as these fans have been singing this brand-new song they spontaneously made the whole game. You can't write it, man. He just oozes with, like, greatness. You just feel like there's something special there. He definitely has an aura about him. Um, Like, like only the best players in the world have those, like, storyline beginnings like ronaldinho's first goal from barca and like stuff like that i'm just talking about like play in general like that is like a cool storybook moment and i'm happy for you um but just talking in terms of like play and he has like an aura um it it feels kind of how like when virgil first came to liverpool how he was just eating everything up every he was a black hole you know yeah virgil has you know been people have figured him out definitely which is human nature um, but it just looks like Saliba kind of has that same sense of dominance, um, where he just has everything. Like, it's so, that, that's so cliche to say, cause I actually hate when, like, people say, like, oh, somebody just has everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, the fuck does that mean? But in terms of Saliba, I haven't watched enough of him to say, but from what I've seen, it seems like he has that same, has everything yeah. of Virgil. I mean, he's a six-four, two-footed center back that passes well and yeah. is a smart, intelligent defender in how he covers space. Yeah, he's players. very quick. So, what more do you want? You know, very good at <laughs> like, closing down space. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, surprisingly fast. But I don't know. It's all rosy on this end. I got a lot of got a lot of compliments <laughs> out of Vince Scully. I'm pretty pretty surprised. But yeah, yeah. But um, uh, I guess I, we can keep it moving. Even though I know it's weird because like. My favorite players are usually defensive, but my favorite style of football is attacking. Yeah. And it's kind of cool to see. It's cool to see the evolution. It's not going to be so cool when it becomes dangerous. Yeah. Like the likes of Liverpool and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, I, I think now when people say, okay, Arsenal could finish third, maybe just the fact that Chelsea look as though they are going to scupper any type of positioning that they had this season. Oh, I get it. It's still you guys versus Tottenham, in my opinion. I think you guys, it's funny because you guys are kind of evolving this parallel neck and neck at the same time. We play attractive, fun to watch football at Tottenham. And Tottenham was supposed to. Well, that's what's crazy is like, apparently, um, not only did Tottenham fans say that you guys stole North London from them, they also said you guys stole that, that whole pretty possessive DNA, like possession football DNA. Because apparently the Lily Whites have always played attractive attacking football. Look, man, I pretty much don't um, care about anything pre Arsenal. <laughs> so, like, well, I'm just telling I'll you, give that this, this is a change Adams, from their style. If, I guess if, if you find somebody who, if you could find a Tottenham fan that like is personally offended by that what? in the world about us like taking their style or something, yeah, they are they're either offended. 80 years old or like they're not. They're just trolling. I don't know. Nah, like, bro, they trust me. 
I don't know if you know. Some old head beef, man. Well, nobody cares about that anymore. Fans. (laughs) Anyways, um, sticking in London real quick. Okay. Um, Chelsea. Yeah. Koulibaly had a horrible game. Koulibaly had a horrible game. But this is the same thing I was talking about. Where this is gonna be the the most pressure he's ever had in his career. Yeah, hundred percent. I never. I don't think I expected him to get a red card. But I definitely think he was gonna have some growing pains. Yeah, people, you know, the league's fast, man. And I don't think he's welcome to I the jungle. I'm not saying he's not. He can't eventually adapt, but it's kind of like you just got dropped onto a racetrack and you got to keep up. Like, yeah, <laughs> bro. Like, like, oh, you're what? not. A, you're not just. A, if you're a wall, you you that you can still get got at. Like, mm-hmm. there dudes here are gonna try you. Welcome to the league. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah uh, Speaking of trying him, my Brendan Aronson narrative slash agenda grows stronger every day. <laughs> I, yeah, he's a great, he's a good I, I player. I love this kid, man. I wish I knew about him earlier. And I, I, I know. I'm not being like a, a bandwagon, but <laughs> no, dude, fuck he's that. dope, man. I, I mean, you found a player and you like him. Now you get to watch him for the rest of his career. With him. Like, no, yeah, he's that, sick. Dude. Leeds are very quickly. I mean, Leeds are definitely the second favorite, my second favorite team to watch right now. And I, I like just this, follow. I like how, how things are solidifying under Jesse Marsh. Yeah. I'm, 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 kind, I'm rooting real hard for Leeds because just just like today Leeds dominated Chelsea they pressed on the death basically Brendan Harrison perfect pressing player um perfect like uh, That's the Jack first Harrison goal today off of just pressing Mendy yep Jack Harrison a long-term uh Leeds player played with them in the championship to promotion he came from New York City FC uh their new D mid one of their new D mids uh Marco Roca came from Bayern Munich he's actually mm. really good he just can never get time for Bayern um, and then Tyler Adams from RB Leipzig, um, who who also came from uh, New York Red Bulls. So a very MLS slash USA uh, based team with an American coach. I don't really care about the whole MLS aspect. I just the fact that they're Americans. Mm-hmm. Like I'd, I'd rather that they do well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't really care about ML. I mean, ML. I don't know. Actually. Well, then, like, all the cool. American players in that team have like MLS roots, basically. Yeah. Um, but I really like what Jesse Marsh. Um, I think they still when they're when they when they're off they're off though, and it's so weird. Yeah, I mean Leeds are just a volatile team, and they always have been since all of their ownership issues and stuff. But um, it's been a it's been a long hard road for Leeds fans out there. A lot of disappointment. So I'm happy that they're actually a respectable, fun team to follow now. And yeah, dude, Leeds are a some young stars. Club, so they, can, they are, yeah. They're, they're, massive, they're like another, like how we were talking about Newcastle off mic, um, where we said like, like Newcastle is a massive city. Mm-hmm. And then, but it's one of those few cities where the entire city has right. one team. Yeah. And, and even the surrounding area. So Newcastle is a gigantic. Leeds is another one of those. They've just been so poorly managed as you, as you've been talking about. I mean, I think throughout their history, they've been, they've been really volatile. I remember, um, I can't remember who it is that coached them, but they had like this legendary run in the seventies. And then they like some, somebody invested hella money into them in the nineties, brought them up. They had Rio Ferdinand, made him the most expensive defender in the world. Like, mm-hmm. and then they got found out, put into administration, dropped down a whole bunch of leagues, been working their way back. So yeah, they've been a very volatile club on and off. And my worry is that Marsh, it was gonna get a really short leash. Yeah, he so definitely will, man. You know that. You know the 
some of the stuck up English people are just like, of course, they're gonna look for a scapegoat. If, if they're at the mouth for a chance to slander Jesse Marsh. The second, for, exactly. But even even like ownership, like I'm worried he might just get like a sh- really short lease in terms of the second they start dropping unnecessary points, mm-hmm. they're gonna well, let go. They've backed him though so far, and like financially, I, mean, yeah. I know they've had to sell Calvin Phillips. Their um, their record but, with Bielsa, like how long they they held on to him, was pretty encouraging. Mm-hmm. You know, aside from the fact that they let him go during um, almost that relegation, but um, yeah, I hopefully fingers crossed. Very uh, cool story to, keep, to follow. To keep uh, growing, but one more thing, um, I was actually pretty impressed with Sterling. Aside from his finishing, yeah, um, but okay, I was I was not expecting the Sterling finishing. But I, to be this big a deal, to be honest. I wasn't expecting... I thought he'd be a little more clinical. I thought so too, but I wasn't expecting him to get as much time on the ball or at least uh, get as much many chances to try like so many ideas in the box either. Mm-hmm. Like I, Again, how we, like what I just said with Gabby Jesus, where he's a much more complete player than I remember him when he was at City. Same thing with Sterling. Like he's kind of showing like everything else that he has. Because I'm not gonna lie, it seemed like Chelsea's main solution for attack was like, okay, get the ball like to Kugurea or Loftus Cheek, and then like give it to Sterling in the box, and then Sterling, good luck, bro. <laughs> yeah, do a little back heel or something, please. Um, yeah, they, they haven't. They haven't. They clearly haven't worked out any type of interplay with anyone. But like, it's kind of encouraging because. I'm also remembering that Sterling has so much more than just point and shoot and kind of like, Oh, he's, I'm kind of getting slight flashes of Liverpool Sterling, who was much more of a creative player and a ball progressor. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I have to give it more time. I think to, but he was still a crazy goal scorer for Liverpool too, though. Um, so last time we recorded, Tottenham versus Chelsea hadn't happened yet. Man, so we what did happen is it was a 2-2 draw. Uh, Are you Team Tuchel or Team Conte on the uh, handshake incident? I'm not really either team. I'm, I'm Team not, Tuchel, man. I appreciate both. I think I would be, like, if it was me personally, I'd probably end up acting more like Tuchel. But I can appreciate Conte, like, just not giving a fuck. Because there's sometimes, bro, it's just like, bro, you like, <laughs> you clearly don't get along with somebody. And it's like, bro, you're a bitch. Like, I don't fuck with you. Like, I'm going to, like, so, I don't know. Sometimes it kicks off like that. Sometimes people genuinely don't like each other. So I can I really it. appreciate Conte. There's so much hatred I like, I like with the way the beef cook. I told you uh, and then Chelsea Conte considered posted Tottenham the Instagram a very post. big rival. Hmm? When Tuchel took off celebrating a goal, Conte posted the Instagram post. Oh, yeah. He was, and he bro. was like, you're lucky I didn't see you or it would have been a trip to remember or something Dog, like I, that. Like, that was when I hit you and I was like, oh, shit. Conte finally brought the mafia to London. Yeah. If you know the history of London and the mafia in London, you know, you know what that means. But, like, to say something like that, it sounded like he was like, yo, you motherfucker. I would have had a hit put out on you. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Um, it's funny because I don't think Tuchel looked at uh, Jesse Marsh's, looked him in the eyes on the handshake. No. Nah. So but it was funny because Jesse Marsh was like, dude got a red card. He shouldn't be on the sideline. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> that might have been why they let him be on the sideline. One last thing on Chelsea. Kukurea looks great. Yeah. That's my guy. Yeah. Like that, that Barcelona left back where he's really he good be possession, great player. in pulling up. Um, great in, 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 in supporting chances, attacking movements. 
he you saw that you saw that defensive um tackle he had which was really impressive the yeah. one he had on um rodrigo where he just like chipped it over the bar i was like that is almost like a sergio ramos style tackle but we're getting that from like a five seven five nine kid with you know yeah I, it's I think interesting because I, I used to think of Kukurea as a really good overlapping player, like kind of like a wing back in that sense of like yeah. overlapping, getting forward, crossing the ball. But now my um, opinions of him have drastically changed because I think he needs to focus on being an underlapping, but the underlapping, underlapping fullback. And I think he could be potentially like the closest thing to uh, Jao Cancelo, like the next best thing in the yeah. league. Like I think he could be that good as an as an inverted fullback. So I mean I think very highly of Kukurea. I think he's such a complete player. I kind of figuring out that the shooting is the weakness, and like that's the only thing is like Shao Cancelo can like score a goal. You know? So but there's a Chelsea fan that I I pay attention to on social media, and he was like um, he was like even though Kukurea was like an expensive signing at sixty mil, it, it wasn't a bad signing. It was just expensive. Yeah. He was like Kukurea. Is I don't think worth, it's a bad signing like, at it's all. A very good. Well, I guess there's a lot more Kukurea doubters out there than I thought. I thought it was like a well-known thing that he's, a lot, but you he's know what's like crazy? a top-end left-back. You know what's crazy? This points to what type of club it is. A lot of those doubters are Chelsea fans. Yeah, I saw a lot of City fans too, though, that were like really against getting oh, him. Yeah. Once City, the price well, kept getting driven up. Like. City fans are very uh, – you'll realize that. They're, if – if Arsenal fans are known as emotional, City fans are salty, and they <laughs> okay. try and troll everybody, bro. Trust me, they're just like yeah, they always know. are hard done by and like ooh this and that. I know they had some doubters about the price tag, so Black it's interesting though because Chelsea's wingbacks really overlap. They do, you know? but Maybe. I think Kukurea might be the type of player worth um, changing a little something. Then you for. become lopsided, you know. Then you start uh, well, looking like, but that's fine. Arsenal. A team. But before. a team, a team like like Tuchel's Chelsea right now that doesn't really have any sense of attack. Maybe having something lopsided and having not ha- having everything symmetrical might help, you mm-hmm. know, for once. Versus like um, I don't know, Tuchel seems like he has no ideas offensively. <laughs> no, exactly. So maybe maybe using Kukurea. I think having him like overlap as like a high and wide left back, like a Barca style left back, would actually do wonders for Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Even if it, even if that means okay, you're progressing through somebody like on the flank versus your midfield that's fine um i also i also got his offensive instincts also kind of let me understand why he was sometimes used as a, as a center back too mm-hmm. in a back three um again he's not going to be winning any headers like that well you know who knows he might have great timing um but he's not the biggest guy he definitely looks pretty small due to his hair i think his hair kind of <laughs> yeah. makes him look a lot frailer the than he actually is effect. That's like a joke, like on the Hugh Wizzy streams. People will be like, "Oh, Kukurias, he's doing this." I'm just surprised at like how complete he is. Speaking of complete Barca style left backs, Nuno Mendes from PSG. Yeah, yeah. So PSG um, smacked Lille today, seven one, seven zero, seven one. I don't remember. Seven goals for sure. It's nice to see PSG playing with a system. Like we kind of touched on it earlier, uh, but man. To have, I think, what well, I think like a couple episodes ago, I said, I think Nuno Mendes has that potential to be like, I'm just a hot take machine recently. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, that one seemed really left, like out of left field. I think he'd be like one of the best left backs in the world or the best left back in the world or something. But 
I think he's he's gonna get his at least like he's gonna get his FIFA rating up. So yeah, for sure. I don't think he's very high on FIFA. All the assists he's about to get from the, Messi, the assists, and yeah. and Neymar. He's gonna um, make a living off these cutbacks and this five back system they've got. I'm really impressed, and we were talking about this, so let's we can kind of bring it up again. But the triangle, right? Yeah. The fact that Di Maria isn't there anymore. Yeah. And they can now form a. You a were triangle. right about that. You were right about that. Um, that was a good statement by you because. Like watching it now, and watching the fact that they don't have the have to have the extra pass or the extra option or like like it's just those guys now. Everyone's mm-hmm. locked in. Like PSG look efficient. I don't think that's something I've ever really said about PSG before. Aside from like a like that great Champions League run from them, they've never really looked efficient, even though they were pretty wasteful. Mm-hmm. I know that's wild to say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, movements. Messi scored like three goals, and we all know Messi's better than three goals yeah. for a season, right? So yeah. definitely inefficient. That triangle is incredible because it's like it just feels like you're watching three kids that are just better than the rest of the kids on the playground and they just they just know how to play with each other and they just it's the basics of football like you need three people to do uh like like a basic keep away game you know one in the middle three three on the outside like that's the that's the bare minimum it's like you see them do that to individual players but then like they also do that to an entire defense and it's so mm-hmm. weird because like, because they're move. still messy Neymar and, and Mbappe and they're just dragging guys and then Bob like Neymar's probably dragging guys out of position Messi is just being ridiculous finding ridiculous passes Mbappe is his combination of his touch and his ability to accelerate and his ability to shoot I said he reminds me of OG Ronaldo before he got injured and mm. you're saying that you want to call him Cristiano Henri because yeah. <laughs> sometimes when he's gliding in open space with the ball he, that he like it just looks so Henri-esque yeah. he definitely modeled I feel like he definitely modeled his uh his dribbling style off of Henri um like when he yeah. was in the box like the way he kind of does things with like the outside of his foot that's Henri-esque in my opinion power of Christie but I, I like the fact that PSG is paying a three-man back line. I like Gaultier. I like. So I was going to say the seven seven one seven zero result. Do you think it's because Lille won the league right recently? Yeah. So do you think it's a product of Lille losing their manager, or do you think it's a product of PSG becoming so much better now with their structure and? I guess and the lame answer leaving? is to say both. Now you can't say that. <laughs> From what I'm seeing. It's looking like PSG. They probably would have already beat Lil, but like last season they beat Lil. Which I actually think Lil beat them a couple times, right? But yeah. they have a lot of the same players. Lil, yeah, I was gonna say Lil have a lot. They of have a lot of the same still. players, and um, obviously, you know, their next coach maybe isn't doing as well. But bro, that that PSG was dominant. Mm-hmm. Like, when's the last time a PSG league game has had you excited to watch PSG in the Champions League? Like that yeah, game that's had a me good excited. Point. I actually like. I actually look forward to PSG highlights at least it's every looking, weekend. It's looking good. And then, and, then and, I didn't, and it's like Messi's been there for a whole year. I didn't care. He's finally. Jelling. I didn't. I didn't watch a single highlight. Yeah, Maybe like yeah. A game he's finally. I, I didn't care at all. Uh, I still kind of really don't care about PSG. But the I'm fact that they finally have a coach now. now, and they look so efficient with their movement, everyone seems to have a role, and I think that is what uh Ancelotti had a hard time doing and Pochettino had a hard time doing was telling these guys this is your job um and also just too many guys and then also trying to defend having three and four attackers and not using that three-man back line 
that three man backline looks brilliant now. Sergio Ramos actually his body's actually working and he Yeah. Surprise, surprise, he's an excellent defender still. They need and some now, cover. And now sure. he's teaching Marquinhos and Presno Kimpembe. Like he's giving them game as oh, he's man. there. Oh man, Bro. that's that's like, scary. Don't do not discount that. That's so important. If we would hope Messi and Mbappe would have a good relationship. We'll get to that in a second. But um like a, like a, they have a champion. They have a they have a goat in Messi. Yeah. Who's won a whole bunch too? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you that's know a good point. I guess Di Maria had that too, but I mean it's Messi. Uh, Messi's won everything. Yeah, everything. Every- he's he's won everything there is. And you know what's crazy? We were talking about Nuno Mendes, and then we were both saying how like we forget <laughs> Hakimi's on the other side. Yeah, he's right there with Cancelo. Was like the best two way fullback in the world. Yeah, like he and Cancelo put themselves in another tier because they can play either side. Which True. makes them da- like makes them dangerous from the flank on all sides, and they're play like how we were talking about. There's different profiles of wing back now. Uh, we were saying like how some guys help they underlap and help keep possession. Mm-hmm. Some guys overlap and they're just dominating the game physically. And some guys are there to assist. Some guys are there to shoot. Some there guys are there to underlap and like maybe have a through ball. Like um, Leighton Baines used to do that for Everton. So Hakimi is much more of a scorer. He's like the athlete that I was talking about, where he's. I don't know how, but we watched this guy score. Yep. <laughs> Literally score a side foot through the legs of the goalie. And he's good for a good five, six goals a season, which is crazy. To me, Cancelo's also good to score, but he's much more of a ball player. He's not necessarily as much of the athlete. He's still an incredible athlete, but he seems to be more of like the maestro, like give me the ball. Sorry, that's just an analysis. Like, you know, comparing those two, I think that's like the biggest difference between the two. But to me, those are the two best fullbacks in the world. I, I want to almost say uh, Reese James deserves to Reese be Reese James there. is up there. Trent, when you I'm were describing Hakimi, I was like, I feel like you're describing Reese James. Reese James is, have, is able to be much more of a center back, too, though. I think he plays adds, both. I think that adds but to like it. The games he plays wing back, he yeah. really stands out to me now. And he does score from wing back, doesn't he? He scores a yeah. lot. He gets so many assists off just picking the right pass on a little cutback. Yeah, you know, and yeah, he's like a Reece decent James crosser. Be, he's not be, Trent, but mm-hmm. but he's a really good defender, and he knows I think, how to attack. I think everyone has made up a lot of ground. I think those guys have made up a lot of ground, or even surpassed um, Trent at this point. I think Trent has. You think Trent to evolve another something to his game? Yeah. I'm not saying like, oh my god, he's not. One of the I didn't want to world, say that because I'm mean, just well, out, of, not, out of respect because of what, everything Trent's done. He still had like 16 assists last season. To me, he's to probably still top three in the world. But well, that's what I was gonna say. Is I think Reese James is. Probably past him at this point. Yeah. Which I mean, we'll we'll see as the season goes on. We'll see if I'm ready to admit that or not. But yeah. like, I, I at some point, like talking about Liverpool, like how I was saying before, like I want like at the end of last season, how I thought Robertson kind of he must have been playing injured or something because like he kind of wasn't really giving the normal Robertson mm-hmm. and like Trent this season. Like I just I need him to evolve a whole other level to his yeah. game. I don't even know what it needs to be because uh, it doesn't it could, necessarily it have to be the defending. Like, but, but if he just becomes be, a locksmith, it, though, like an underlapping should, exactly. locksmith. But well, that's the thing. Like, he, he's and, turning and, into much more of a center. He's being right. used much more of a center I've, midfielder. Yeah, I've noticed that which too. I'm loving. I'm loving his through balls and but, everything. But like I also noticed that become that even though he's in those central areas, it still kind of becomes drift out to the top, the corner of the eighteen, and well, it's put like, a ball in. 
Yes, I want to see the ground through balls, left footed, because we know he can use both feet. Yeah, yeah. I want to see that kind of the Thiago passes you expect. I I think, I think, I think Liverpool will slowly evolve to that because how we looked versus Crystal Palace, which was a fucking tie after Darwin got sent off. um, Trent actually ended up like running up and like being almost like a false nine at some point, Mm -hmm. occupying the middle, occupying high, wide, right. Like he became like a full on eight. Dang near, because he was he was tucking in so hard that like he was our main ball progressor, which mm-hmm. was like kind of surprising to say. Um, and then he ended up being like the focal point near the box, but like I think he's trying to shoot a little more. And as we as that evolves, I think he'll get better at that because I think that's the new evolution. We used Trent out wide up top when he first got there. We started using him deep as like a deep line playmaker. Well, you know, D line wide playmaker, and now we're starting to like have him occupy almost Kevin De Bruyne uh, space, like that's that central half space, um, like right in front of the box. Like whenever we're in front of the box, that's exactly where he is, and then he's able to get those passes off. So if he turns into a maestro, and he becomes that, and he becomes that wild center midfielder that I think he can be, uh, that'll be acceptable to be like the other facet of his game that he develops. Me personally, I would say it's probably a good idea to improve defense. But if that's not what he's gonna do, I'll take I'll take yeah. the interior maestro. <laughs> yeah, not a bad one to take. <laughs> <Not that>. yeah, <laughs> interior <man>. maestro. <laughs> I don't have too much to say about Liverpool these last few season, uh, episodes because for some dumb reason Liverpool keeps playing Monday games. So you know that'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of bummed we can't watch uh, United Liverpool. I might yeah. watch the whole 90 minutes. That game might be a that. bit shakier than I think. I'm thought. actually gonna come home and just no. Just after we hit the field, I guess I'll oh, yeah. come home and I'll just watch the whole 90 minutes. That's gonna be great. Uh, if <laughs> I, I don't think ca- oh. if I can catch it live, I will. But I'll probably I'm gonna be at work, so I probably can't. <laughs> and you know what? I don't think Casemiro can play that game. No, you can't. Oh, what a that's transition! What, talk <laughs> what a transition! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this guy in, This is grading from deep, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Solo, you see that deep line playmaker? Oh my. We absolutely have to talk about um Manchester United after like we talked so much about them last episode. Yeah. Talking about them needing a demon. Well, they heard us before we dropped. They got the early drop. Yeah. For uh real. and they oh, decided to go ahead and buy a demon. Decided to go and buy the best demon in the world. The best demon in the world. Um, the most, the the guy with the most tenure, um, and like the most ruthless defensive de- midfielder that they could have found. To me, he's he's like the meanest, like most ruthless demon that they could have found. I agree. I agree. I think I think he defensively wise, like I think he is super aggressive. He's gonna make those like bone crunching tackles, yeah, you know, all that stuff. Like he puts in all the dirty work. He's he's a he's a dog. He's a re- there's a reason I think he's probably the best D mid in the world. Yeah. But I also don't think he, it fixes Manchester United's midfield no, problems. No, but and we, I think we were both saying things can be true. Both things are true. And like we were saying, like there's no one way to fix all that shit. Like, yeah. That, yeah. Like, that that club is a mess from top to bottom, front to back. Um, but getting something like Casemiro, I said last episode that I don't think in the past five years they've made a transfer that I said that's a good decision. That's a good decision. I that think, one. Was you a think good Varane decision. wasn't a good decision? No, I think Varane was injury prone before he left Real Madrid. Okay. Um, you think Sancho? I mean, he, he was always 
injury prone. You think um, Sancho is a good decision? Honestly, I would have said yeah, but look at what's I, happening. I probably would have said yeah, even though I do. Th- I did think it was an him. overpay, but yeah, they I don't, don't know. even use the guy. Um, Enough of him. Getting back to Casemiro. Getting back to Casemiro. I actually do think this is a good transfer, but the big thing is that the reason Real Madrid, um, all the, the thing that all the Real Madrid fans are kind of saying is that he's you know an he's a defensive savant we know this mm-hmm. like we watch him play defensive midfield is like watching d mid 101 mm-hmm. how to defend in a midfield how to shield a back line how to always sniff out danger his issue is that he's not very good in the build-up he's not a ball player necessarily exactly. if you watched real madrid even bro, how long has he been there eight years for all those five titles he had Two of the best possession-based players in history, Luka Modric and T- Tony Kroos, mm-hmm. next to him. So every time he got the ball, he does very good defensive mid things on the ball, which is pass the ball off to somebody else who knows what they're doing with right, the ball, basically. Right, right. Get the ball back, give it to somebody else. That's fine when you have Tony Kroos and Luka Modric around you. Yeah. But I don't know if so Manchester that's my United... Thing. That's my thing. It's like, <laughs> so Ten Hag is very set on using his same IX blueprint and just slapping it on top of this Manchester United team. And they're going to figure it out. And a big part of that comes from when you play a single pivot, you have to be consistent on the ball. Yeah. And you have to almost never lose possession of the ball. You have to be probably the most reliable passer in the midfield. Absolutely. You have to have an eye ahead. Right. On what the next pass is, even before you receive the ball. AKA number five on Arsenal. <laughs> AKA number oh fuck what three Fabinho? on Liverpool? I was about to yeah. say five because Fabinho sounds like five. Yeah. Uh, but number three on Liverpool, Fabinho, he does that exactly. Yeah. Um I remember Can watching Casemiro fill that role though, you know. Uh, that's always my thing. I don't I don't know. He's he's much better at dumping it off, but like you mm-hmm. kinda have to like at least at Real Madrid, someone always had to be showing. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing. Like I feel like Donny Vanderbeek could be a sneaky shout to becoming like a key part oh, of Manchester United. Oh, they do because oh, I think him shit. as p- being that like relief option. I think he, he's in transition. Yeah. And yeah, I think it'd be beautiful. He, he oh, takes care you of the him ball. and Christian Eriksen. Oh. Because before I was saying Van de Beek and Bruno, because that just makes sense. Yeah. I don't know why I forgot about. I forgot about Christian Eriksen. Christian Eriksen and Fred Loki. Fred is actually like Fred a is okay, great but I'm still. <laughs> He he's so streaky. It's so inconsistent. It feels like, yeah, but there maybe. are times when he's playing almost as a ten, and I'm like, wow, Fred should be the starting attacking mid for yeah. Manchester United. Golly, I didn't other even moments, think about like, Van de Beek. Can't complete a pass. I didn't even think about Van de Beek, and I didn't think about Eriksen. I was that was kind of more a really like, nice midfield. I was looking at Fred, and I was kind of laughing because I was like, he's a mm-hmm. good eight, but how you're saying he's he's not reliable maybe, necessarily. Maybe Ten Hag pulled um, a masterclass. Bruno Fernandez, I cannot for some reason. <laughs> Have to start playing left wing, it's man. Because so, Rashford can't. I think Bruno might have to become a left wing. It's wing-er so or something, hard man. for me to add Bruno Fernandez any credit, but he is one of their best players. He would be perfect at left wing, line. honestly. If you think about it, like he Eric's loves to cross top. the ball and he loves to like kind of force give Van de Beek some confidence back, dude. I'm really sad at what's happened to Rashford, dude. He's shot of of all confidence. He might yeah. need to drop down a level or go to a small I think it's team time where he, he can he be goes, the guy. Man, I really do, like, bro. He he should have who who bid for him? PSG. He should have won. And like Manchester United, a lot of Manchester United fans want him gone. And there are plenty that won't because he's Manchester United through and through. But I'm just saying on the internet, if you look under Manchester United, or like Marcus Rashford, Rashford posts, yeah. it's uh, like there's so much toxic. Oh, like him, get yeah. him out, get him out. Like 
Yeah. So I don't know. I think it'd be good for him because I just think he needs a reset. Yeah. He needs a little but appreciation. See, so that's what you want to get into, right? Piece. Because because at the end of the day, what's happening with that is the circumstances at the club and the mess at the club are. Yeah. Because I feel like any good play, like. Jose Mourinho got a lot out of Marcus Rashford, and even Jose Mourinho was like, "Yeah, I don't know about this one, guys. Like, he's he's too, a little too soft to kind of play, but he still got a lot out of Marcus Rashford." And or maybe I'm tripping. I could be completely wrong. I'm gonna look this up and edit this out if not. Anyway, <laughs> Jose Mourinho got got a lot out of him, but it just seems as though like they they're like he's just so shot of confidence. And a player like Casemiro is a great get for them, but at the end of the day, they're still not. There's other issues. There's other issues. Yep. And still yes, kind of didn't think about the eights. <laughs> now, okay, they got one really I, good defense. I did not think about Ericsson until now. I didn't, I didn't think about Ericsson or Van de Beek. I'm not gonna lie, but they still have horrible fullbacks, horrible center backs, a, a one striker, wingers that don't really seem like they work. Right. Like, because here's the thing too: is like. That game that they absolutely got bodied. Well, who was that again? Was that Born? No, that was Brentford. Um, they played Ericsson, Bruno, and Fred, I think, as their midfield. Jesus. If that, I don't even, maybe it wasn't Fred, but like it was the most was. soft, like small, minuscule, small tiny ball. midfield. <laughs> and Brentford and got Brentford big boys. through them, dominating <laughs> the midfield. Suddenly Brentford you put didn't even Casemiro. have a team. They're just like really physical and really robust. Suddenly you put Casemiro in there. I almost don't care who the other two people yeah, are. You yeah. got enough physicality in Dude, there. But that's 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 what I think of when I think of Casemiro. I think of the Casemiro that that is such a defensive hound that he yeah. runs to where the ball is going to be, knowing that he's running through somebody because that yeah. is a, a trademark of his. He's a he's a rough hauser. Good at catching fouls because he's a dickhead. Um, I I don't peep. There's like a theory that his face because it's so round and childlike that like he gets away with a lot of shit from refs, <laughs> which I don't know if it's that's the reason or probably because he plays for Real Madrid. Yeah, but, that's probably it. Um, but he he's still one of those demons in that like Fernandinho almost in that he's so good at towing the line and he is the one guy mm. in the team who probably needs to do that. Real Madrid locker room loves him. Um, only neg- yeah. So I'll say only negatives. He's not a ball handler. He's not the deep line playmaker slash De Jong type of player that Ten Hag seemed to have wanted. When you, especially when you are playing a single pivot formation, especially for, well, that's the thing. That is going to be the thing. I think Ten Hag is going to have to learn really soon that okay, if if you don't have a fullback or a center mid next to Casemiro to take the ball and progress it or, or pass or whatever. You're gonna get caught up real quick. We're already seeing it with Kalidou Kalibuli. He's gonna have to adjust to the league. Casemiro is going to have to adjust to the league. Another thing, and this might be more just superstition. I think Casemiro. Are you gonna stray from that point, real real quick? Oh yeah, yeah. So let me just say though, like we talked about this earlier, I think this is the most talent we've ever seen in the Premier League ever. And with that, teams are not scared of anyone anymore. And you'll see Fulham. Pressing Manchester United, I Fulham promise it. You'll see everyone pressing everyone. As a Liverpool fan, yes, Liverpool looked shit that first game. Fulham looks different. I keep saying it every week, and you hear me say it every week. Fulham looks different. All of these small teams are big now. Mm-hmm. There Everybody, are no easy games. That used to be a cliche, but it's it really means something now. You were you were talking about Mbabu and how he was like yeah, he's playing at Fulham. You trapped like, him out. You trapped him out Wolfsburg. You're like yeah. you can already tell like okay, no, this guy's gonna be something like he whatever. 
And now you're like, oh shit, he's at Fulham? Like what? Yeah. But that's the level of all these teams now. Every, like the smallest teams in the Prem have more money than I said ninety percent. I'll take it back down and say maybe seventy five percent of the rest of Europe. Eighty five percent. Maybe. I honestly I feel eighty yeah. percent. I'll say eighty percent. Yeah. Um Damn, so sorry. there's no easy, easy. Because that's the thing is Spain is a lot slower, and so Casemiro well, has a lot of time to on the be ball. A lot slower, bro. He's I not going to know that. anymore. Spain. I think Spain I, probably I has the second, the second strongest league behind England. Honestly, uh, yeah, I would agree with that. I don't. I don't think any English team wants to see a Spanish team in Europe, like on their level. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Because even Sevilla are when normally win Europa League Villarreal out here winning European Cups nice. knocking out Bayern yeah you know what I'm saying I'm so, gonna refrain from the Arsenal yeah okay comment. I see <laughs> I see but look um <laughs> Arsenal Barcelona anyways um real quick though we're talking about like PSG exciting team in the Champions League I don't think they're gonna be my favorite to win the Champions League not this even season. close yeah, I we think your favorite is probably going to be yeah. <laughs> We both have the same favorite. So today, we watched Bayern Munich, and everyone groans. Go ahead, groan. Do what they normally do. What they did week and, one. And walk. To Frankfurt. And, and, and dog walk their opponent out of the fucking park. How's that fun, man? I How do you wake up it, every morning as a Bayern fan? Oh, I can't wait to go to the game with the lads. Oh. It's like week 12 and it's the same 7-0 score line. I don't, I don't think Bayern fans don't really have the same experience with football that we do. To them, I feel as though how we're like, oh my God, are we going to win this game? Oh shit, like I, we're going to get thumped. How much are we going to lose by like that type of shit? They're like, yo, how many how many goals do you think we'll win by today? Like that's it. It's not enjoyable. Oh my God, I can't believe we only won by one goal. We looked horrible today. Like that's that's them. I'm never interested in a team that wins ten times. That's why I became an Arsenal fan, man. I wanted, I wanted the fringe. <laughs> you wanted the struggle. <laughs> I wanted the fringe. Yeah, know, the Liverpool top four fan. guy that couldn't quite win the title and like. Yeah, I like I like Liverpool's shade of red a lot more than Bayern Munich's, um, and I don't mean that in just like a, a color sense, if that makes sense. But well, it must deep. be said <laughs> that was some knowledge. Go dissect that one. <laughs> it must be said, Sadio Mane. Might oh have been the perfect player to unlock that entire team. Part three. I'm gonna say it again. <laughs> oh no, Sadio Mane. Like I'm, I'm scared. I'm not happy. Yeah, <laughs> like I yes, huge Sadio Mane fan. Yes, to me he was better than Salah. Yeah, to me Liverpool gave the wrong guy the contract, but Bayern Munich. God damn it, they know a good deal when they see one. Mm-hmm. Sadio Mane for $40 million. He's barely over 30, if that. And he fits Bayern Munich like a glove. Robert Lewandowski was at Bayern for eight years. And it looked like the team was built around him. And then you just drop in Sadio Mane. And all of a sudden, Bayern somehow looked better than they have yeah. in maybe the last four to five years. Level raiser, yeah. I think I think Serge Gnabry's looking... I think he's raised Serge Gnabry's level. He has. He he, he plays almost the Sane same type of back style. back from the dead. <laughs> yeah, okay, so, so this, is what it, this is what it is. So Bayern Munich has gone from like going from like a steady, okay, wing, wing backs, full, whatever. How do I say this? Like instead of using their wingers just to progress the ball and then, okay, cross it into Lewandowski, Muller gets the knockbacks and stuff like that. 
with a guy like Sadio Mane. Sadio Mane starts at, at starts at center forward, which I thought they were going to do. Which you got to give the Germans credit because they like they don't fuck around with the fucking oh who gets center mid. Like they know who the best is. They know who they want to put in the middle. They put Mane in the middle, but he doesn't really have a position. He's on playing the pitch. left wing half the game. He's facilitating that entire team. He's he's. This is the thing about Sadio Mane that I I was trying to get across when he was at Liverpool. He raises the level of everybody else. He always makes the right decisions. Always, always, always. He can pass as well as anybody. He will set you up just as well as he'll score a goal. I know I'm just repeating myself, but watching that game, he was he was he was dropping in deep. He was progressing the ball, or excuse me, dribbling the ball. He's he's having passes like a ten. He's controlling space out wide. He's combining. We're talking triangles. He's making all kind of triangles with Gnabry. Yeah, he's going and Sané, making them. Yeah, it's not just Muller, a formation provided one. Coman, Musiala. He's happy to drop it, and that's what's crazy. And he's doing defensive work too. He, he's so good at, and he's so good defensively. He does a lot of dirty work, and I think that's what a lot of people don't understand. I, we watched a sequence where he where he received the ball under pressure and mo- does my favorite thing, does like a half turn on the first touch and sets himself up to just dribble away. He's so good at that. That's the same thing um, Gabby Jesus did that I had you mm-hmm. rewind. But then what does he do? He has a beautiful through ball to the next um, to, to a guy further up the pitch. And then what does he do? Okay, that guy drops back a little bit. The, the play catches up. And now, okay, it's, it's, it's the man on the ball. He's running onto the ball. And then there's a guy on the left side of Sonny Mane. Mane runs onto the pass and dummies it. Perfect. Makes it to the other guy. Guy shoots. The play, nothing comes from the play. But how we were talking earlier this episode about those guys who can make those type of things happen, even if it doesn't come down to anything. That is quality. That's really what quality is. Mm-hmm. It's scary, man. At because will. yeah. Because chopping the head off of Bayern made them more dangerous. Yeah, yeah they just grew a better one. And, and, and That's crazy. I'm, I'm kind of excited for Sadio Mane because yeah. he's not going to be overshadowed by someone like Mo Salah. And people are going to see that not only is he probably... He's probably going to be a great goal scorer for them, but he's also a great facilitator, great with the movement, great technique. It's straight up street ball, bro. Honestly, it's street ball. Um, And to be on a team like the level of Bayern, they're going to have fun in the Champions League. I'm actually going to be watching for them in the Champions League. Yeah, I'm going to look for their games. Um, Uh, One last thing. We'll probably get into it more after the Sounders play the Timbers, but the Sounders played LA Galaxy, switched to a three-man back line, tied 3-3. Only reason we tied is because the league loves LA Galaxy. What I'm saying here is Sounders look great. We fought our way back from a um, 2-0 loss to to, to a 3-2 lead. The only reason that they really got any goals on us were a couple wonder goals, a couple um, a, a brain fart by Stephen Fry. And again, like a, a super soft ass penalty. Um, but the Sounders just looked great. Um, we had we had the majority of possession, um, but we were just creating so many chances. Everyone everything was pushed up. Everyone looked a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, Nico Ladero was kind of allowed to be on the ball and move shit on. So it was really encouraging. I hope we don't move from this formation. Yeah. This is the exact formation that we needed. I don't know why we haven't played it in two years, but I'm happy to see it back. That's it. All right, y'all. 
This has been episode 37 of the Rabonables Podcast. This has been your host, Vince Scully. And Nick Solo. And we are out.